My guys and my ladies, today is September 29, 2020. Sergio Chavez is with me. My name is Alejandro, and let's talk about Carcio. Now hit it, Sergio. Bye. I don't think you can hit it from there. I can I, try my best. That's that's good, though. So uh, today I wanted to present you guys, and we're so happy to be back with Let's Talk About Carcio. I want to call this season two. Yeah, new change. Because it's a new change. Everything in the car world has been kind of like we were a part of it for a long time, and then we got busy with other stuff. Yeah, so much stuff, man. I know, I know, with scams and all that <laughs> stuff. So uh, we got busy with all those scams and uh, money laundering and all that stuff. And now... At least Belen's doing good. Thank He's God. He's able to float operation. Oh, thank, thank God. Thank God for Belen. Thank God. And now we want to go back into the car world because there's so much happening. The car world has changed so much and there's so much to talk about. And this podcast is all about cars. It's all about the business on cars. It's all about having fun with cars. It's about understanding what's going to happen in the future, what's happening right now, what happened in the past that, that will trigger what will happen today and in the future. So Sergio, with nothing else to say, we're going to talk about a little bit of our history of loving cars so that people understand where we're coming from. Also, I want to say that Sergio right now is doing me a huge favor. He's my co-host for the day, but we're going to be trying new co-hosts. We're going to have new I guests all the time and see who's going to be the one. It could be you, Sergio. If people we'll say, see. my God, I need Sergio's balls in my face, that's what we're <laughs> going to give them. Whatever they need, that's so you guys, whenever um, you like someone in the podcast and specifically Sergio, please give him a, a good rating. Let him know that you love him. Man, I'm just so used to being behind the camera and... Like my my history with film was because I hated socializing when I was younger. Yeah. So like, man, for school I just used to film all the events because I hated talking to anybody. <laughs> so like my hist what got me into film was my hatred of being the center of attention, of being in this position right now. Congratulations, my friend. So, You've made uh, it to the podcast and being in front of everyone. It's so an honor. Everyone can just shit on you. It's an honor. Welcome I'm to my life. It. Welcome to my life. I don't know how life. you do it. So we got we're gonna talk about our little history on on the car world, what makes us, what drives us and whatnot. Uh, we're going to talk about what's happening with the car world today because I think it's really interesting. It's a brand new panorama that we've never seen before. And uh, things are shifting in a quick way in many different directions, right? With mm -hmm. the, the whole new electric, with uh, social media coming in, uh, with uh, basically COVID. There's been so many things thrown at us right now that mm -hmm. makes this interesting for the first time in a very long time, it's thank crazy, God. Man. And I also want to say, and I know a lot of people would be embarrassed to say this, 2020 has been the best year of my life. I'd say the same thing. Right? Yeah. So I'm glad that we're on the same page. So mm -hmm. I'll say that. Uh, also, we're going to talk about, did YouTube fuck up the car world? That's that's an interesting subject mm -hmm, because a lot of people one. seem to think about it. So uh, it seem to think it. So we'll see. We're also going to talk about what brand of exotics is doing what today in today's market yeah, because man. there's been so many changes from Aston Martin being a brand yeah. that's about to go bankrupt to being like on top of the world and then sitting now on a McLaren. Formula One spot, McLaren going bankrupt, all these different things. It's just so interesting. In just a few years, it's crazy how quickly the world has changed. I know. For everybody. I know. I'm so excited. Yeah. There's nothing I love more than change. You can see my goosebumps. No. For you guys who are listening in Spotify, probably on iTunes, everywhere. we're on YouTube. We're pretty everywhere. much everywhere. So uh, good luck with everything. We're also going to talk about Bugatti getting acquired by Rima. Mm -hmm. This is a big rumor, but I think it's a reality. 100%. And we'll speak about the why, what's exactly happening, and why it makes total sense for Rima mm -hmm. because it's a, it's a fucking brilliant move by everyone involved in that deal. And last but not least, we're going to talk about the electric car bubble. My man Fisker <sighs> will come up again in the conversation. We're Nicola, gonna Neo. We're going to talk about all those motherfuckers. Well, Neo's kind of doing some stuff, but... That's right. <laughs> 
It's still, man, it's just such a weird market right now. I think it's really interesting yeah. and exciting. It's going to be really bad for some people, really good for others. So you might as well get your news right here, right mm -hmm. now, so you can do good in the future about cars. So, Sergio, let's get started. Number one, I'm going to be completely selfish mm -hmm. and do what I do. I'm going to do a plug for Aileron, the do number it. one mezcal in the world. Number Google one, Trends. baby. Number one. That has been a passion project. I'm just going to have a it's little sip. Nuts. This is what I'm sipping. If you guys are listening on the radio, if I get more interesting... It's because I'm drinking Aileron. We just have so a limited know. supply, so mm. so be gentle with it. I'm, you know I'm gentle, Sergio. <laughs> Let's get started. So another thing that I love doing is talking about myself, so let me just get started. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about business. I'm just going to talk about my, my life as, as a car guy. Yeah, what got you into it? When I was 13 years old, one of my friends used to make fun of me all the time because I was a broke kid and whatnot, mm -hmm. and he was all into cars, and he was like a fucking dick to everyone, and he would sit in the middle of recess with all of my friends and he would be the one moving the conversation forward like pushing it and he was always about cars and i hated cars at that time i was like there's this is so stupid why are we mm -hmm. caring about what a car can do it just takes you from a to b so of course my immediate reaction because i'm a really competitive guy and an asshole was fuck you i'm gonna <laughs> learn more than you about cars and i'm gonna show you so i i literally right. memorized every magazine that existed in the world back in the day when you could go to newsstands and just sit there and open the magazine mm -hmm. and just read it all without purchasing it those were the those were the good old days now the internet exists though yeah everyone has access to everything damn it i guess those are not the good old days <laughs> so back then i memorized everything and i showed off like, I literally showed up and showed off. I told them, I, this is that, this is this. I memorized every stat that could exist, and I became obsessed with cars. Once I really got into that game, Sergio, Took I off. was in love because I knew so much about it, and it was so different, and, you know, one product could have so many variants, and, and that, to me, was so interesting, and also the sexy appeal of it, and, like, that everybody thought that women are going to... You know, if you get one nice car one day, women are going to flock you and all that stuff. By the way, guys, if you're watching this for the first time ever, no, it does not work that way. Women do not care about your car. It's mostly little boys. 100%. So if, if you're Michael Jackson, good for you. So uh, <laughs> so I, I fell in love with cars at that age. I started uh, selling cars when I was 16, almost 17 years old. And I did really well. I moved to New York. I couldn't get a car in New York. It was impossible. My insurance would be ridiculous. Like you start looking at those numbers. Didn't make sense. So I left it for a while. I moved to LA and people drive here in LA mm -hmm. a lot. And I got back into it. I got back into, you know what? I'm going to get this. Once I started hitting it really uh, in my businesses, which really wasn't like I should have bought those cars, but I did because I'm a moron like everybody <laughs> else. Come on. you Especially at that age. You grow, you live and you yeah. learn, right? Like we've done it all. So <laughs> you've done it all. I'm just getting started. Shut up. So just got two cars, a boat. Uh, the boat got sold. The boat got a sold. UFO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't talk about the UFO. Okay, we're, we're not going to talk about that. So once, uh, once I got into, uh, uh, into buying all these crazy cars, I was able to get myself like the first, the really cool cars that I started getting were Mercedes because it was easy mm -hmm. for me. I know the woman that sells the cars there, Yvonne, I met her. She's Lebanese. Immediately clicked. I love her, and I love going back and the freedom that he gave me. And, you know, there was no one interested in cars back then. Like, yeah, there was the interest, but not really like what it is today. Yeah, it wasn't publicized. It was a small group. Of, it, it was just a small group yeah. of weirdos. That's the way people looked at it. So I bought myself. I got the first SLS AMG in the United States. And people were like, man, now this Mexican guy get that. They don't know how much <laughs> debt I got into. They don't know anything. Yeah. And I started making a name for myself in the car, in the car community, if you will. 
but without really doing anything. Mm -hmm. So what I would do is just talk to my guys, talk to my friends, everybody around my circle, and that became like a network. So people started asking me shit about cars all the time. Mm -hmm. Then shit started to escalate, and by the time I did really well, I was able to get myself a Pagani Huayra 918, all of that stuff. And when I did that, I, I opened my YouTube channel in English, and I really made it official because before my YouTube channel, I had an Instagram page, and it was growing, 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 because I was the only idiot that cared about cars. Yeah, dude, I remember that. Like, I used to follow you before YouTube just on Instagram. Did you really? We've talked about this, how I met you with your when you had the 918 that was blue. I remember that. I yeah, remember like that. it was really before there was even a car scene. It was just a few guys that were doing reviews and and that's that. And even on Instagram like there wasn't anybody that, showing off those things. That's right. So to me it, it was always like if I'm looking at cars and I'm looking at something that I'm spending so much money on, I want to get some joy out of the fucking yeah. thing, right? I'm not just going to sit there and do like stats and like worry about value and worry. I just wanted the joy out of it. So I started really showing people that you can enjoy these cars and really have them uh, and really become a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you can go with your boys, you can meet great people, you can network in a great way, you can meet the best people ever and go have fun and build relationships, build friendships. I don't know, maybe meet your wife. That was not the case for me, obviously. <laughs> but for some other, people's will, uh, other people will happen, right? So I did that. Then I opened my YouTube channel because what I wanted to do with my YouTube channel is everybody when I was a kid was a fucking asshole. Everyone that had money would hide. They never yeah. wanted to show their face with mm -hmm. the money attached to it. Especially in Mexico. Especially in Mexico, but in the U.S. too. Mm -hmm. Tell me who else was doing the shit that I was oh, doing yeah, back nobody, then. Nobody, nobody. Nobody, because yeah. for some reason people were really ashamed of being yeah. rich. I, the difference between those people and me is I was not rich. I was just buying shit that I enjoyed. I didn't care about anything. I didn't have a plan. Yeah. I, I was just living my life. So I said, I'm going to buy a Waira. I'm going to buy a 918. It's a great time for me to open a YouTube channel and show people mm -hmm. what I wanted to see when I was a kid. And not only that, but I, I also got disappointed at all the reviews that I was watching all the time. And they were so boring and so like specific yeah. and so engineering uh, and driving driven mm -hmm. instead of emotional, instead of like, What's the good that comes with it? That and there's the day so, to day. Yeah. There's so much good that comes with it. So I decided to open my YouTube channel and do that. I opened the YouTube channel. I did a first video on my Challenger Hellcat, which, by mm -hmm. the way, it was like a throwaway. To me, it was like, I want to see. Helgado. It became a thing. Yeah. It became a thing. So I started to do that. And the response was, first video, 200,000 views. And I was like, man, I have something here. And when your friends tell you, when your friends tell you, man, I like what you did, mm -hmm. you know you're doing something right because the last people to ever support you in the world, and please, guys, don't find this heartbreaking. It's the reality. 100%. Is your friends. Your friends and your family, for some reason, are the last ones to believe in you. So when I started doing that and I saw the reaction from my friends, I was like, I have something here. Mm -hmm. I, can, I can actually merge my two dreams, which is being a filmmaker and being a car presenter, if you will, and I can do the greatest fucking video ever made yeah. and i created a video called hyper five and that that changed my life completely people started to look at me in a different way i was like i'm still the same idiot guys don't 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 look <laughs> at me like that and he was like a whole different thing the channel started to blow up and at some point i decided that uh but and honestly it was just a joke i opened a spanish channel just to make fun of telemundo and he was called salomundo and fuck. Dude, that was nuts. That's when you brought me on the team. And that's when you came into the team. And, and that's wild. The, that's been the best time ever. So we opened the, the Spanish channel. We got 
I, we got to a million really fast. We got to two million really fast. Now we're over four million yeah. and we're not even trying. We're just putting out content whenever we can because we're busy. Mm -hmm. And it's been great because I've been able to really show cars in a different light. Show cars in a different light other than, oh, this is the way it works. This is what you should like. This is what you should hate. I love everything that has to do with the companies themselves. I love with the future of cars, if you will, like gambling in a stock market, kind of yeah, like this totally. car is going to go down, that car is going to go up and the whys, because I've always paid attention to yeah. the markets for some reason. It's a big chess game. It is. So we got into that. And then once, once YouTube really hit big, I said, man, I, I really need to do something for myself so that I can take advantage of this opportunity mm -hmm. because this doesn't come twice in a lifetime. No. You get to be in this type of situations once. Mm -hmm. And if you don't take your shots, you're never going to be able to take those shots and do it well. So I decided that I didn't want to be like an athlete, like an actor, like a YouTuber. I really wanted to build a business behind it. And that's what we did. We tried 20-something things, yeah. and four or five have really hit it out of the park, mm -hmm. thank God. I'm not going to talk about it. And don't worry about it, guys. It's a, it's a fucking plug, <laughs> asshole. Don't worry. But also, no, I'm just uh, yeah, but also you should look at, no. Um, so throughout this whole process, the car scene has changed completely. hundred mm -hmm, percent. We were able to step back, look at it from a distance. We had a lot of fun. We, I want to say that our team is the one that created the vlogging style that exists today. Yeah, in the car world. More before my time, we just probably shifted over to Spanish, but 100%. Yeah, because would, on it, that didn't exist before. Mm -hmm. when, when I started vlogging, I remember other people that were a little established on Instagram yeah. and whatnot, and that they were my friends, started to hate me. They were like, you're such a narcissist yeah. making videos about yourself and vlogging. And now all of those guys that talked all that shit are doing it. Yeah, you brought a narrative to a normally just kind of just bang, 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 all the facts, all the track, like just like we wanted great videos with footage, but also no narrative, no pushing story. You were just there for the car in the one video, nothing past that. That's right. And there was no continuity. There mm -hmm. was no storytelling. Just like you said, that's why we're filmmakers yeah. and we love doing that. So we wanted to reinvent that. We didn't really want it to reinvent it. We just wanted to see what happened if we did it in another way. And it really took off. And it made it sustainable. Because if not, you're waiting for a car to come out. Like as great as let's say Top Gear was, the last handful of years, like they're releasing a video every few weeks, every month, whenever big drops come, and that's just not sustainable. No, no. And especially if you're in this world where there's so much content being absorbed exactly. every single day in so many different areas, whether it's Apple, uh, the actual Apple uh, network, whether it's Netflix, whether it's HBO, all of those networks have created so much content that it has diluted itself and, yeah. and YouTube too at the same time. So your attention is everywhere. You're, You're fighting for every second. You're fighting for a second. Exactly. People for are like, if they aren't interested in the first five seconds, you check done. out. There's nothing it's, special yeah. about you. Move on. So we did that. We were also kind of like the first ones to introduce awesome merch into the car world. Mm -hmm. I'm very proud of that too. 100%. Um, and, and yeah, so it's been a great ride. And until now, it brought us to a lot of success. Uh, with our companies. That's really what came out of yeah. this. And I couldn't be more grateful for everything that has happened in this fucking world. I, I am just so happy yeah. I live in a fucking cloud now. And the great part is like, it's it's a big circle, you know, like the, the products and everything that we sell, the purpose is to then make the content better. That's right. You know, like, like as, as hard as it is to see that intentionality now through YouTube and so many guys and so many guys, honestly, that are just trying to milk their audience for every penny. Yeah. Like you lose that. Which, by you know? the way, by the way, uh, if you guys want to know who's a bad, uh, uh, a bad guy with an audience, if you're mega rich and you're flaunting cars and you're flaunting mansions and you're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars, but you're selling courses. Yeah, it's like, you, at that point, you know how much your time is worth. 
And it's like it's just it's 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 fishy, you know. Like it's you're really just like, fishy because why, why are you doing what you're doing? Why do you need that? Like, mm -hmm. what's that extra? Like, what are you gonna get out of that? Like, you have everything yeah. in the world. Can you just give it back sometimes? And the thing is, once you become, I, I don't want to say filthy rich, but once you do well, your 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 attention gets uh, shifted from one place to the other, which is your personal needs, you, 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 yeah. to others, mm -hmm. to everyone. And the fact that these people are not doing that makes no sense. You're supposed to come more altruistic, more giving, you know? Like that, and that's where you see, like, what, like, that's when you notice, like, yeah. weird things are happening. That's why we wanted to do this podcast. We wanted to just open everybody's eyes and mm -hmm. realize this. Since when do you like cars? Man, so for me, it really started with, like, uh, with my dad. Um, my dad grew up in a, in a financially very well situation, Mexico, uh, family in power, like finance was just never an issue. So nice. early on, he had access to whatever cars he wanted. He was friends with all the people in power and their sons. So they had, so from a young age, he was around the few Ferraris in Mexico, the few Lamborghinis, the few crazy cars that were here and there and got to experience them. Um, while his budget wasn't enough to get into those cars, he was able to buy GTIs. And convert them. By the and, way, you showed me that GTI that your dad yeah. did. That was so baller. He had he had so many crazy builds, and uh, it got to the point where he finally like maxed out the GTI and what its body could do. And at the time, his like dream car was a Porsche, so he couldn't uh, import a Porsche to Mexico at the time. So he shipped the GTI or bug actually, because it wouldn't even fit in the GTI. He shipped a bug to Texas and had a Porsche engine thrown in the back. Um, oh the my yeah, I don't know God. what year it was. Oh my! And it was God. just hanging out the back, and he had like the first real kind of Porsche-based car, at least in the city of Mexico, and where he was from, Toluca. Um, so he had this little bug that could beat anything on the road, and he was just a maniac. Like him, his parents hated him. I hated him, but he was just like the crazy kid yeah. that was just all about cars, all about just doing stupid, stupid crap all the time. Of course. Um, so from there, from him, from that, it just kind of what transitioned into my love for cars is from growing up, that was like kind of where we really bonded. Um, and then as, as we moved to the States, um, the financial situation was different. Like I just, the access that he had to cars, I didn't have. So for me, it was really just like, again, the magazines, whatever videos were coming out. Did he give you the blue balls and then just left you like that? Literally. Like, oh my God. Um, yeah, I, like he just got this crazy <laughs> experience. And for me, it was just, I just heard all these crazy stories. Like how he, when he was like 16, he ripped a Ferrari from like his hometown to Mexico City to drop it off for a buddy. Wow. And it was just like stories that are one of one for at least the state, for being in Mexico. Um, so from that, yeah, we just really bonded with cars early on. And early on, I was just fascinated with, with, with the idea of the Autobahn and German cars, which really grew my love for Audi. Makes sense. Now it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It was just like those from his love for Porsche. I was like, Porsche isn't really accessible, but maybe I can reach, reach an Audi one of these days. Um, so yeah, from there, it was just really what, what rooted that was my bond with my dad and his love for cars. Um, and then coming up to the States, it was just such a different world over here. Like you just saw these cars driving around all the time. Um, we moved uh, to a place in Colorado, like in Denver, Colorado, where there's a pretty sizable car scene. Um, so there would be occasionally be car shows. You'd see there's all the showrooms and everything. And like my favorite thing every month, every few weeks would be to go to the showrooms and just go look at the cars. I was like that when I was a kid. Yeah. Like Good I could just us. be there all day drooling over these cars. Um, and the same thing like you, like mechanics fascinated me and you don't see it too much nowadays because the improvements are so minimal. At least when I was younger and I assume you were 
Yeah, I mean, I I was already thirty years ago. I was already thirty years old when you're talking about. Yeah, the the leaps in the car every generation were huge. Yeah, like it was just night and day every new car, and it was just mind blowing. Now you're gaining every percent here and there, so the cars aren't really that exciting as much as they were back then. Yeah, the the drops are not like they used to be. Yeah, yeah. Like I remember when they switched the they swapped the town and country SUV, and that to me was like, dude. We got to the future today. Like yeah. the new town and country is not a block. Yeah. It's got round edges mm-hmm. like that. So I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. So it was really from that. And uh, the last kind of car that my dad was able to get was, I forgot what generation, but he got a, a white Porsche 911 um, that my like sister was basically born in on the way to the hospital, my older sister. <laughs> so, like I never got the experience in that, but like there's just so many stories that fascinated me as a kid. <gasps> Um, so from there, I was just like, man, what could I do to ever get into the car world? But never really saw it a feasible thing because I was into film. I want to get into the film industry. And at the same time, I was like, what is there really to do in the film industry that deeply involves cars? Oh, um, car commercials. Yeah. And at the same time, that's not, that's not exciting. That's, that, that didn't get my like, heart pumping towards anything. What do you mean? You don't like commercials about cars that show no other features about the car and they just show the car driving and exactly. then a story completely different from the car? No? Exactly. You don't like that? I don't like it because it has no narrative factor or anything. And then... What now? Three years ago, like you said, lining up back up with your store. And even before that, I met you. I don't know when you had your blue. That was five years ago. Five years ago. Yeah. I met you there. And it was just like, man, it was so cool seeing somebody that was from Mexico, Hispanic, that was killing it just in life in the car scene. It was like, man, I what a, like I, at the time, and I still do, like I looked up to you a lot. Thank you. And I couldn't, and when I met you, I was geeking out. I was with one of my buddies. Um, we were picking up his dad's like, Panamera, I think. Or no, yeah. Maserati. It was a Maserati. I remember, I remember yeah, talking yeah. to you guys yeah, and yeah. talking about the Maserati, and I was like, oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now they regret it as the biggest, the worst car purchase ever. But it was uh, of like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> By the time they turned in the lease, the windows didn't work. Some of the doors wouldn't lock. Piece of crap. Just we, had a, we had to duct tape the windows up many times on like road trips or whatever incredible um yeah so that's when i originally met you but again it was just like in passing never really thought anything would ever come of it and uh then a couple years later i was going to csun here down in the valley in la uh for film and i saw you posted you looking for a spanish-speaking editor and even at the time i was like there's there's no way in hell like this just isn't uh a possibility yeah my roommate at the time and my best buddy uh jeremy he was like come on let's stay up i'll help you out like we can put together a resume we can figure it out, submit it. And what's the worst that can happen? They say no, what, what not. Yeah, so literally stood up to like 5 a.m. that day, editing a reel, putting together my resume, and then submitted everything to, to your team at the time. And uh, didn't hear back for like three or four days. So I was like, eh, didn't happen. <laughs> and then I finally go like, hey, can you come in for an interview tomorrow? Um, I had classes and everything, skipped all my classes, my went man. for the interview. And uh, was offered after a quick little interview and a quick little editing uh, bit, got offered the job with you. Yeah. And because uh, you were incredible and you uh, are no, incredible. I appreciate it. I and appreciate I think it. you're only getting better and better. No, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And it's it, it, like I started bawling my eyes out. I couldn't believe it. Because for me, it was such a life change. Because I got to be like, wow, in the space that I thought was impossible to get into, I got my foot in the door into what has now become an absolute dream job. Every day is just, it's just a dream. And I've, and I've always vocalized to that. Like I am you do. I appreciate so grateful it. to likewise. be where I am. The team that we have, the, the things that we get to do and experience, it truly is a one in, a, in an entire world job. And I see that. 
And I think when we were in Monaco, that was like when it really settles, right? Like yeah. we're going out to the Grand Prix in Monaco. They're treating us like fucking kings. Yeah. They're taking us everywhere. We're going to the nicest restaurants out there. And then, then you just get to meet a new world. And then you know yeah. who we met in Monaco and what came out of that. Like, come on, man. In what other world can you do that? Yeah, it was just like, and I'm so young. Like for those that don't know, I'm 21, almost 22. So I'm a kid. <laughs> I'm a kid and this is a world that, I, I trust me, I love it, but it's also a world that isn't me. Like my main heart is like in nature, camping. So even though like this crazy world of opulence of money is incredible to be a fly on the wall, it's not what I'm seeking. You know, that's not my shit either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was, it was so cool being able to experience these things with you. And uh, it just, it never felt real. Like every new trip, every new thing, I was like, what the hell am I doing here? Like I don't, like I, even this, I'm like, I don't deserve to be here. Shut the fuck up, number one. And let me tell you this. This is what I love about cars. Like, there's real stories like yours. I'm not even going to say mine. You can say whatever the fuck you want no, about dude. me. But like yours, that brings you together with your dad, that brings you into a job that you wanted to get because not of the job, but mostly you can be creative in the in the space and develop in the space that you're yeah. fucking excellent at, no, which is filmmaking, it. whether it's editing, whether it's shooting, whether it's producing, like all that stuff. And, 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 and have so much joy and like get to meet the world and get to open your eyes and get to go to all these places. What else can you fucking ask for? Yeah, like it really is. Every day is, is truly a blessing, truly a dream. And I'm just so stoked to see where we go. Because as the companies go, well, like as, as awesome as seeing the companies kill it, like in my mind, all I'm thinking is like, man, I can't wait till we can attack a big project or we're going to do big things. And this is, I think, a nice little sight, uh, sight line. So we can go into our next topic, yeah. which is, do you think YouTube, because you're a part of this now, mm -hmm. do you think the YouTube game fucked up the car world? There's no right or wrong answer. What is your view on that? I think, I didn't think, I don't think it necessarily uh, fucked it up. I think if anything, it just transitioned it to this new stage where it's now accessible for better or worse to everybody. Mm -hmm. Everybody can have their opinion. Everybody can check out these cars. Everybody can review them. Um, but I think it also, in a lot of ways, has... When anything grows out of, I mean, how can I put it? Like, it just has grown so much, and there's such a big population that is the car community. You're going to get a lot of negatives. You're going to get a lot of toxicity. And I think now that's what you're seeing more is, like, there's just so many people. And with YouTube, you have the veil of, of, a, of, a not, uh, of being anonymous, you know? Yeah. Um, people don't have a name behind their username, so they can say whatever the hell they want and just kind of tear down people, you know? And, yeah. And uh, it's... Uh, it's uh, just anything involving money, you know? It's always going to be about who has the more and the same thing transitions to cars. So you have a large majority of people that have the right intentions, that do connect well, no matter if you have a 10-year-old GTI versus a brand new Ferrari, they're always going to have the people that are, that think of themselves more because of the cars they have or because of what they're able to do. And so that's the thing. Like with YouTube, you have such a great platform, such a great audience um, across all channels, across everybody that's, that's involved in the community, but you also now more than ever see these toxic people come into the limelight, get attention, gain an audience, and then that same toxicity just expands in the community, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So I want to I, I go into it with, uh, I don't think YouTube fucked up the car world. I think YouTube accelerated the car world and made it explode. Mm -hmm. Because again, nobody was doing the videos that we were doing. No one was presenting Pagani Virus 918. Yeah. just like, listen, this is my car, this is that. People got really excited. People love the cars. People got into the, dude, if I buy a car, I can be on YouTube. If I can buy a car, I'll be on Instagram. If mm -hmm. I can buy a car, I can middle my way into some sort of a social media success. 
And the problem is the intention behind the person has to be either positive mm-hmm. or negative. There's no zero intention. Whether it's positive, it's like, I want to get to drive all the cars in the world. I want to get to experience all the shit that I get to experience. I want to meet Horatio Pagani. I want to meet fucking Steph, uh, uh, Stephen um, Winkleman. Winkleman. <laughs> I want to meet Matt Rimac. Like that is the great positive that you get out of it. But then you have the major negative. So in the car world, just so you understand where I come from, mm-hmm. when I started buying cars, when I started going to the dealerships, when I started to really get my journey into this thing before YouTube, before Instagram, and while doing a little bit of it, I would be the only guy that went to that Mercedes dealership and bought these cars. Yeah. I, it was fucking impossible for them to get other idiot like myself. Mm-hmm. When I bought my SLS Black Series, this is a great example. I bought an SLS Black Series in solar beam yellow because I fell in love with the solar oh, beam yellow. That, that's how they, they announced it. And I yeah. was like, I need to have this car in that color because I think it's the most special, beautiful color in the and world. before that, was there ever like really the launch of a car where they did crazy weird colors no. like that, you know? That's when it yeah. started. That's when it started. And I, I, I went to a dealership and I told Yvonne, I want to get a yellow solar beam yellow um, SLS Black Series. She goes, please don't buy that car. <laughs> I beg you, no one's going to buy it from you. It's going to yeah. be, it's a yellow fucking Mercedes. No one wants that. Mm-hmm. Even the owner of the dealership at the time came down and was like, Alejandro, please don't buy this. Yeah. I, I'm going to feel bad once you lose $200,000 out of 300, you know? Yeah. And I was like, just give me the fucking car. Yeah, I want, want this. Yeah. This is what I want. And, and that was pure. That was, that was like people concerned, people like saying, like, don't buy this, like, there was a real person behind yeah. that. I went and bought other cars, and it was the same thing. And, and you know, I, I went get McLaren. Like, uh, the first McLaren I put my uh, – first of all, a lot of people don't know this, but I ordered, or I ordered an MP – by the way, I'm so sorry about my language and the way I speak. I just have Invisalign <laughs> in my mouth, and I <laughs> – I'm struggling. There's no other way of putting it. You so either way, I, a fucking Belen. She's the one who made me get, get it. <laughs> So I used to go to all these dealerships. They treated me really well because there was not another idiot that wanted yeah. these cars. It was like a real struggle to get that. Mm-hmm. We started to put them on TV. We started on YouTube. We started to make them cool. We started to get that. And then everybody got excited about the cars. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's because of us, but I'm saying it certainly contributed to the spark in that. Yeah. Isn't it crazy that now like the brands revolve around these social media influencers, like the people that get the locations now. And this is what I want to get yeah. to. This is what I want to get to. So when, when that started and I started doing videos, car makers didn't know what the fuck to do with me. They were like, this guy can buy anything and he's one of our best customers. <laughs> like Mercedes legitimately, I've gotten over 70 AMGs. Yeah. And the price tag has never been below $100,000. Never. Yeah. Never. So do the math on that. Just on that alone. And, and they treated me like a fucking king. I wanted this. I'd show up, get it instantly. I want that. Boom. Done. Instantly. And when that started to happen and I started to do my YouTube videos, which, there it is. which, yeah, which by the way, never was the intention. Like I want to talk shit. I want to do this. But the reality is a lot of these big companies like to step on their customers because there's no recourse. Yeah. So we had a G wagon, uh, back then. And every time we parked it outside on the street in LA, <laughs> it would get its headlights and taillights stolen. And, and Belen would cry every time, and I'd go to the dealership. And at the dealership, they'd look at me and go like, oh, here's another one. <laughs> they stole your headlights and your taillights. They're probably just pushing people in and out all day for just the headlights. So I to- and they do. 
so I told people at the, at the shop, you guys need to do something about this. And they're like, nah, man, the brand's never going to do anything. So I made a video about it. Yeah. Like calling this, them yeah. out. I made a video calling them out saying like, this is what's going on with Mercedes. Bam. Instantly, I get the main guy at Mercedes calling me. Instantly. And I was like, what? I've never gotten this before. Like no car manufacturer has ever reached out. Yeah. He was just at a dealer level. And they're like, dude, I'm so sorry for what happened. And we're going to do this and that to improve it. And I said, it doesn't sound like you're doing anything, but cool. I appreciate that. That's when I realized, like, I, you have a big power in yeah. here where you can do good for people. Because what I told them was, you need to put serial numbers on your lights. You need to put serial numbers on the shit that they're stealing so that you know if it's stolen or not. Yeah. It's really simple. It's not that a big cost. It's not like brain mm -hmm. surgery. You put a fucking number in it. And if someone messes with the number, you know it's stolen. Yeah. Really nice and simple. And they said, thank you for your feedback, but we're going to proceed to not give a fuck. <laughs> and I was cool with that. I started to get into other cars. Other car makers started to come out. And I was really excited because it was at the time where all of my, my, my filmmaking career was really taken off. My real estate was really taken off. I went and bought a Lambo. I went and bought this. I went and bought a Pagani. I went and bought everything. Once these guys started to look at me like, man, he can actually say something bad about us and kill us. They didn't know what to do. So they yeah. invited me and they were extra nice to me for a long time. Mm -hmm. They were like, dude, you got to come over to this event. You got to come to this. And I went to every event and I started to notice a trend. Yeah. The guys who are coming to these events are not there for the cars. They're there for, they're there for Il Mame, which mm -hmm. is the show off, the assholeness. The, yeah. They got I, their get up together. You know, everything. they're there kind of like, uh, uh, there's a guy named that, uh, uh, does, that did movies. Yeah, right. Just look up his history. He was a, a short film producer. And then out of nowhere, he became. Let's go with that. But there's guy like that in, guys like that in Hollywood that I made all the time. Yeah. That were scamming people out of fucking money mm -hmm. by promising the world and this and that. And they would fuck him up like crazy. And I hated that in Hollywood. And I said, I'm never going to let this happen in the car world. And fuck, man, it started to happen like at yeah. a crazy speed. Every event that I would go to, more and more, these motherfuckers would pop up. Yeah. When I got my Pagani Waira, the asshole in Miami that had another Pagani too, same thing. And I was like, what are these people doing? Like, they're ruining my thing. Like, this thing that I love, this thing that is so pure, this thing that brings families yeah. together, this thing that brings people together, they're ruining it. And all they wanted was to have that social media mm -hmm. presence. Because there is something more dangerous than becoming rich. And that is becoming famous. Once yeah. you have popularity, the people that come to you, I mean, if you look at flies when they are attracted to shit, this is like shit flies attracted to bigger shits. Yeah. It's the worst of the worst. And I realized that quickly. And I was like, man, the rich people that I know, because I've, I've worked my ass off all my fucking life, and I've been lucky enough to meet all these people. Yeah, The rich people that I know are genuine people that made their money in the right way that are proud of what they did yeah. and everything they do is nice like for others and to others yeah and then you start seeing all these self-made people popping up selling courses and doing all these horrible mm -hmm. things to others and taking advantage of their stupidity because in, in the reality is and I, I don't give a fuck about saying it in america we have a culture where we admire the fuck out of the guy who made it yeah not the guy who's trying not the guy who's showing you the way not the guy who's really done it many times but yeah. the guy that has more money that guy has the the I, we love that guy that's what's so crazy. Like even more with the car scene, like it is so easy to BS your way into, you can over leverage yourself so easily on these assets. I mean, how many just, YouTubers have a shit house, a yeah. shit or an apartment 
and like, have all these crazy cars. Yeah, and like, what well, does that I mean, tell you? Like they're, they they don't they're working all year long to not even enjoy the fruits of their labor. You know, they can't. They're busy all year long flying so they can fucking do more content about these cars that they need to maintain that they're not even driving. Yeah. That it's fucking. And it. how many guys do we know that are just completely burnt out? All of them. I mean, I, I want to say for the most part, most yeah. of them gotta be like yeah. that. Because you get to that point, you can only be creative so much. Like you can only be so creative, and right? It's only half their like. I'm not saying it's all it's their fault. Because at the same time, YouTube has made it that way, where you just gotta have to constantly be putting out content. And that's to another relevant. Pro- and it's, that's it's another a, problem. Absolutely, if you it's stop a upload, weird mix of everything. if you stop uploading, YouTube puts you down in the algorithm. Same thing with Instagram and everybody, because you're not contributing to the you know to the splash. Mm-hmm. So, from the car makers going, man. I should treat this guy nicely. Then everybody started to pop up, like yeah. all these other influencers. <laughs> and car makers changed their tune real quick. Yeah, they got control of their marketing teams, and they started saying, like, let's go and you know hire the the best guys that relate to our brand. The problem with marketing teams right now in today's world is most marketing teams don't understand how marketing works. This is why I have a multi million dollar business just doing marketing. Yeah. That, that is the only reason why, because they can do what I can do mm-hmm. with 20, 30 people. And I go into companies when I consult with them, when I work with them, and they pay me a fuck ton of money to go in there. And the first thing I notice is you're just this section, like a, such a small, tiny section of what I do that you're yeah. just pushing paper. Like I'm telling you, do this so that you can feel like you're doing something, but I'm doing all the work. Yeah. Car makers are doing the opposite of that. They're thinking that they're controlling the word. They're thinking that they're controlling their brand. So what do they do? Let's stop honesty. That's number one. We do not want anybody that says whatever they're going to say. Right now, there's a big problem. I I was looking at the 765 LT reviews. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Mm -hmm. It's really embarrassing. All of the videos are shit. All of the guys are excited about fucking nothing. Everybody's buying the car just because it's a limited edition fucking McLaren. That's going to depreciate, by the way, 50% in two (laughs) years. So I'll buy it on the 50% and not be the lucky chosen one. And they're all white. Maybe there's a black guy, but he's American. Yeah. And that's it. And I'm not here to promote race or anything, but the biggest car creators in the world are Hook and me. Yeah. That's what people don't realize. Our Spanish channel has over 4 million followers and we get millions two of views. million views of video. We're the big... And, and, and Insta- it's not to like me, like, oh, no, no, look no. at us. No. It's just the reality of it. No, no, no. We have the biggest Instagram of all of them. Yeah. We have the biggest Facebook of all of them. We have the biggest everything of all of them. Yeah. We have a private page with 400,000 emails. Like hey, Supercar Blondie, love Alex. She's oh, the, hang on. She's the hang top. On. She's the Alex, top. Alex is the top. She's just on a different planet of her own. Yeah, she yeah, is yeah. killing you, it. No, I'm sorry, Alex, absolutely. I can't even compare Supercar Blondie to anybody else because she's beyond and that. good for her. We got to spend some time with her in Dubai. What a her and Nick. rad, rad team. Yeah, her and Nick, incredible people. Absolutely. Truly working their butts off to get where they are. And couldn't want of anything better though. Those are goosebumps, my friend, because yeah. they deserve everything they got. They do. They're so smart with everything that they did mm-hmm. and the way they do it. And just knowing where they came from. Absolutely. She came from a from a ranch in Australia. I know. What I, a cool story. I know. And now she's got a Rolls Royce and $30 million yeah. probably in cash with all those views. Good for her. <laughs> I'm so happy for them. Mm-hmm. But that's what we need more of. Yeah. And instead, what we're doing is let me just bring all the same guys to do the same reviews. And all these kids that started doing something like YouTube because they really loved it. They became unpaid journalists. Mm-hmm. That's literally what you've become, guys, and you haven't yeah. even noticed. You are an non-paid journalist because at least the Henry Catchpole of the world, the, yeah. the British guy that talks like this. Well, he's very quiet, actually. He's like, it's actually, <laughs> it's a nice whisper to the ears. ASMR. The way he talks. It's really an exciting car. <laughs> like, 
that dude's getting paid by Carfection. Yeah. He's getting paid. You know, even mm -hmm. if Carfection doesn't get the views, that dude's getting yeah. paid. You guys are not getting paid by these companies. They're <laughs> bringing you in like total fucking tools and using you. And, and they know and, it. A lot of them know it. And they're like, man, at least I got my fight but, free. I got this. Free. I know. It's like I know. And it's fine if you want to do that. And it's not the YouTubers. And I want to make that clear. It's not the YouTubers. There's good and bad YouTubers left and right, obviously. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't fucking matter. But the card companies that have taken their brand and control of their brand and said, I need to get the whitest people in the world to buy these cars or the fanciest Chinese people, because that's all the, ma yeah. the, the, the market that matters to these people, has really changed everything. Mm -hmm. I go to Mercedes now to get a, a fucking AMG Pro. They try to charge me for the first car that came in $100,000 more. Yeah. Like, are you guys fucking insane? I ordered this car. Are you legitimately Isn't it fucking crazy insane? That they can give you an allocation and then charge you over four once. Then land? it's fucking insane. <laughs> then I got a Project One. When I got the Project One, I was so pumped. I'm like, uh, they told me again. This is still before the time it got crazy. Yvonne was like, please don't buy a two million dollar yeah. Mercedes, dude. I beg you, like, don't buy it. And she doesn't mean it yeah. like in a bad way, but like she she looks at me like a son. Like, don't spend your money mm -hmm. on this, dude. The owner of the dealership came down and he was like, Alejandro, I beg you, beg you, don't buy this. The same thing as the SLR is going to happen. <laughs> and I was like, I want it. They put my name in, they submitted it, and they, sent, they gave me a, a, a printout paper that yeah. said, I am the number one build slot in the country. Because I had been asking for that way because I knew about it before yeah. everybody else. I remember when you came into the office one day and said, guys, I got a spot for the project one. Think about that. Yeah. Right? And then... They played me and they played the silent game. Like, we'll put the deposit. We'll do this for you. And I was like, man, they're finally like doing wow. something for me. Yeah. And then it starts to get weird because all these other guys have started to go to Germany and they're putting Start their seats. The yeah. And I'm like, why can I do that? Like, I'll pay you the deposit. Yeah. And they're like, here's the reality. You're not getting a car. I was like, why not? Because they said they, they pulled your slot from you and they said that uh, you sold your 918. What in the fuck? Does my Porsche owner, my Porsche ownership has yeah. to do, has to do with this? They're like, nah, we're just giving it to very special people. Then I go and find out all of my white boys that have never purchased a Mercedes got it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, and then it becomes a real fucking problem. Yeah. When they don't want to relate other people to their brand, they're with their customers for a very long time, mm -hmm. which is why I was so mad for so long until I decided, wait. I can be like those idiots that are sucking dick, that are kissing yeah. ass to get these cars, or I can just pay over for the cars. Yeah. And not give a flying fuck. And that's what I realize now. That's where I'm at. I think manufacturers are the ones that destroyed the car world. 100%. Yeah. With their marketing really fucking, did. their lack of marketing ability, because everyone at every single car company, like their marketing guy is always like, oh, Alejandro. And then one day it was clear that, Someone changed their tune and they were like, oof, no Mexicans yeah. allowed. And if you guys think, oh, no, 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 Alejandro, that is because you're an asshole. Two things. One, there's a difference between an asshole and telling the truth. Yeah. And, and I know that a lot of assholes think that telling the truth in a bad situation is good. But no, that makes you an asshole. Mm -hmm. When you're just being honest about your experiences and being careful, like when my Senna burned down, I didn't want anybody to know. I wanted McLaren to deal with this directly. And then that cop leaked, yeah. like leaked all of my shit. It was supposed to be all low-key kept on the down low. And McLaren just fucking came blazing at me like, yeah. fuck you, you burned your car. That's Owners, dealerships, everybody. It was crazy.
that's when you real like what in the flying fuck are you guys talking about yeah. i'm not an asshole but man it's like uh belen and i just went on a vacation to tahoe right we rented this ten thousand dollar house uh for like three five days whatever it was and we showed up and the house is a disaster yeah and I, I talked to the lady on the phone and I was really nice to her. And I was like, listen, and nice and Alejandro nice never gets anything. Never. never. You know that. Yeah. You know this. I'm like, listen, this is ridiculous. We're in COVID times. We're worried about this. You guys can't clean the house right now and just give it to us. They're shitting the bed. Yeah. There is fucking cum in every single bed. Yeah. And we, you know, we have pictures and sent them videos and everything. You need to do something. And they're like, yeah, we'll pay for a dinner right now. And I'm like, guys, if you don't do something, this is not going to end well. And I, you know, without ever saying like, this is me and this is what I do. Yeah. The lady goes, this is all I can offer to you. If you want it, awesome. And if not, you can go stay somewhere else. And I'm like, okay, hang up the phone. And <laughs> I just made some stories. And yeah. Belen, my wife is dying uh, while this is going on. I don't care because this shit happens to me all the time. Oh yeah, I'm, and your stories, you're cracking up. Because I'm nice. Yeah. I, like, dude, I, I don't have a fucking mean bone in my body. Yeah. Unless you become an asshole to me, I can be a bigger asshole than and you. And things on, don't uh, get under, like, things don't bother you. They don't. Yeah. So I, I show up and I look at it and I film everything. And the lady, like, calls me back before I'm leaving. We booked the Ritz in yeah. Tahoe. Huge mistake, by the way. Don't don't go to a fucking hotel right now. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, just in general, not, not the Ritz. <laughs> they can't provide the service. No, it's terrible. It's yeah. terrible. And... And by the time, uh, by the time I'm ready to get in the car and tell Belen, like, let's go. Yeah. The lady calls me and she goes, listen, all we can do is give you the place clean in three hours. Yeah. And in three hours, by the way, you're going to clean cum uh -huh, from the couches and everywhere and also shit from everywhere in three hours. Yeah. No, absolutely not. And, 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 and I told them and, and, and they told, actually, they told me, well, we'll also uh, waive your cleanup fee, <gasps> which by the way, is 300 bucks. Who gives a flying fuck, right? Yeah. And I was like, are you sure that's your, what you're going to do for us? Yes. So I, made my, I posted my story, and I said, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to go to a hotel right now. By the time I get to the hotel, you're going to call me with a different offer. And at that time, I'm not going to care anymore. Yeah. And she goes, what time do you want me to call you? And I go, I don't even have to tell you. You'll see. So I went, and I did the stories, tagged them, and they instantly fucking the like, head guy right by the time i got to the hotel the owner of the company calls me i am so sorry what and can i ask you this because i look like an asshole every time i do that yeah why do i have to do that to get something and this is the same yeah. position that all these guys put me in when they treat me like absolute fucking garbage and they think there's no recourse here I don't. I personally don't get it because, like, I'm I'm still so young. I'm still so innocent in terms of the world. Of course. And uh, I like saying I like to say the same thing that I don't have a mean bone in my body. So it's hard for me to understand. But I have seen because I literally have basically lived by your side for the last three years. Yeah. And you get constantly <laughs> screwed over. I don't get it. Right? I, I couldn't tell you. And it is. And the reality of that is, Sergio, when you're nice, when you have a big smile on your face, when you treat everybody like we're, you know. Like the way it's supposed yeah. to be. We're all equals. Yeah. Everybody thinks, well, this guy's a moron. He smiles a lot. He yeah, won't care. Yeah, they think care. it's like a hit on your intelligence. He won't care yeah. if we give him the shit of the shit and mm -hmm. everybody else the rest. And that's that's what gets me where I'm at. Yeah. So you should always be careful about that. And I we'll think see. it's a good time to transition into what the fuck is happening to the car world today? What are the exotic car brands doing right? What are they doing wrong? Where are they at? Do you like where they're going? Like, who's the most impressive uh, car brand right now to you in your eyes? In my, man, 
I would say Volkswagen Group as a whole mm-hmm. is killing it. I think they have recovered from Dieselgate. All their brands are online, and they I think they really now have killed it with their modular chassis, their infotainment systems. Everything's done right. You can get into any of the cars. They all drive well. They have good infotainment systems, good features. I think they're killing it top to bottom. Um, and I know we'll talk more about that with the acquisition of Bugatti and stuff like that. Um, I think they're just putting their money in the right place. They're making the right investments. I think they're killing it. Ferrari's making a good turn. Hopefully, it keeps going past just the Fiesta and the Tributo because they're like the same cars. Same car. Um, Lambo. They, they obviously, it's VW Group. Same thing. They're killing it with the Urus. I'm stoked to see whatever the new Aventador replacement is. Me too. I think um, everybody Outside is. of that, like, Aston's been incredible to see. Everyone's introducing their SUVs, so it's going to be interesting. Like, we got to sit in the SUV. They really did change the game for at least a super SUV. Absolutely. You know? the, the space that they're able to offer in that package, great. Um, what else is there really? I think, like, a lot of the American brands right now are, like, Ford. In my opinion, if the Bronco doesn't succeed the way they're hoping for, it's just going to keep tanking. You know, Ford, Ford pulled out their investment on Rimac because they don't yeah. have any money, right? Yeah, man, they're, 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 they're dry. And what a crazy thing to put your investment out of the future to try to keep the past alive. That's pretty cool, no? Right? And especially is- now with California and their new laws with, even though like California is such a small percentage of the overall globe, like they really do pioneer a lot of the green legislation. 40% of all exotic cars that are sold in the United States are sold in California, my wow, friend. Wow, I didn't know that. So yeah, it's like even that transition now, it is really going to change the game. And as things go electric and like with, Tesla now, man, with their new battery day, like you really get to see where the future go- is going and how easily replaceable the gas car is with a much better solution. Uh, so I'm stoked for the future. It's yeah. time for, honestly, for gas cars to go. You can keep around. I'd, like For me, it's still like the, the old Porsches, some of those old cars that are going to be dope to have around as like occasional... Yeah, your your occasional car. You're yeah. like, I'm taking out yeah. this car, and it's going to be an event when you take yeah. it out. But everything's going electric, and I think for the best. Yep. Even and, and then people got to put aside their ego and be like, man, this is what's best for us to literally survive as humans, and we can have some fun while while doing it. Absolutely. So we got to embrace it. So absolutely. Um, but I definitely think it's a shifting market with COVID. Surprisingly, sales have still been going through the roof, which is nuts. It's um, an interesting subject, though. We'll yeah. get to it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Um, Everything's going EV. I'm all on the EV train. Um, and it's going to be interesting seeing how these big brands uh, shift. And I think like in the terms of the, uh, the, the old automakers, I think the ones that are doing our best is VW Group. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you 100%. I think VW Group by far is yeah. the king of ev- them and Tesla right yeah. now. They're both sitting in a really pretty direction. I'm going to tell you guys why. Because VW can amortize the cost of development of a platform across the way everywhere. Yeah. So when they do a Q8, they have the Q8, they have the Urus, they have uh, the Cayenne, mm-hmm. and then they have the VW fucking car. They're all identical. That is four cars in four completely different segments that you're attacking at the yeah. same time and using the expense of one developer and the rest is licensing. It's yeah. like, all right, because you're Bugatti, we're going to do this. Because you're this, we're going to do that. Because you're Porsche, we're going to do this leather. Because... Isn't it crazy that they they make this, not even them, but even like just the YouTube and, and journalism space, they're competing against themselves. 
Oh, they are. Because- it's incredible. You see all these like drag races of the exact same cars. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, I think it's I think it's brilliant. But at the same time, it's like you said, different markets. Like there, people that are buying the cars are completely different. Yeah, they're, abs- they're killing like, it. The guy who's buying the Bentley is completely different from the guy buying the Urus, right? And before I forget, like with Mercedes, I don't think Mercedes is going the right direction personally. I think Mercedes was, and then Tobias left. Yeah, and it shows that he left. They lack so much direction Their right now. Their quality's going down too. They lack so much direction right now. The the one thing that I'll give Mercedes and Daimler is they invested in Tesla. Yes. They own a, a nice chunk of Tesla right now. Yeah. And that's where they're always going to be fine. But to me, I think BW Group is doing it right, number one, because of the huge coincidence that we talked about five years ago with Dieselgate. It's a blessing that, dude. Because those guys had to invest so much in developing the ID series and everything. Yeah. They're the ones that have the better product that's not Tesla. Yeah. And still shit compared to a Tesla, mm-hmm. by the way. Com- I mean, that, that Taycan is awesome. But you know that you cannot buy the 2020. You need to buy the 2021 because the first one has a lot of bugs yeah. and problems. And even Porsche will tell you this. Yeah, they have to get out that of the year-to-year car. They have to start making the shift to a model that auto-updates. That's what they need to understand. Yeah. You're going into a new wave of ownership mm-hmm. completely. That Tesla's completely breaking the mold for everybody, right? Like now you can get your Model Y with a $2,000 package. You can get more horsepower and get yeah. like the premium of everything. If you had a Taycan Turbo, imagine if someone said, hey, you can make it an S for $3,500 next year. Yeah. that Wouldn't that be awesome? Change the market. No one does that. Yeah. Aston Martin has surprised me with all of the quality that they've done. I love when they partner up with AMG. I just mm-hmm. think that deal is a it's little obstructive. Uh, it's great, but it's a little obstructive to being able to show off at at the right time. And the yeah. reason why is they get everything a year after Mercedes gets mm-hmm. it. They get the engine, they get the suspension, they get the everything a They're year behind behind Mercedes. Yeah. And that's a big problem in yeah. a world that's changing so fast. In a world in an automotive world that's changing like a technology yeah. world. You're falling a year behind the main guy is terrible. But I respect what uh Mr. Stroll's doing with mm-hmm. the brand. I love that he backed it up, that they're going with their uh, regular F1 team. Yeah. The direction they're taking is For nice. For what they needed to do, they did the right steps. It's Obviously, nice. they're behind a year, but they would be bankrupt right now if it wasn't for that deal. Oh, no, no fucking question yeah. about it. What they really think, uh, what they really should do, in my opinion, is merge with Mercedes. Because Mercedes can't put out a car that people look in ex- like as an, mm-hmm. a real exotic. People look at an Aston and say, that's a real exotic. Yeah. But a Mercedes, you won't. Doesn't matter what you buy. No. Even the GTR, like. The new GTR Black Series, it's dude. It's incredible, but at the same time, it, you, don't, you don't get that, that image that you do with the other brands. You don't get that. And, and listen, it's not about the image. It's not about the flash. It's not about the dash. But it's about feeling that car being special. Yeah. And it that's feels a like a Mercedes. It. That's the problem. When you feel like a C-Class mm-hmm. in your highest fucking car, you're going to have a fucking you problem. You touch everything and it creaks and rattles. You're, and... you're going to have problems with yeah. your customers. So I think Mercedes was going in an incredible direction. I love what they're doing with their hybrid powertrains with the 73s, which we know. Yeah. That was Tobias, by the way. That was Tobias. Right now, without him, Mercedes is fucked. And it's going in a really weird path of we are like Ferrari when you're not. They're making a million cars with a million variants. I think the 53s, terrible powertrain in my opinion, for what they're, what they, what they're no. trying to offer you. The 53s and the 43s. Oh, yeah, they're making the 43s now too. They are the biggest pieces. I mean, 
how bad was that yeah. C-Class? Yeah, it was terrible. No, no, no. It's not It's not anymore playing into the game. BMW is doing some nice things. They're doing nice upgrades, but nothing crazy. And the partnership that they have with Rolls-Royce is a licensing agreement. Yeah. So it's not like BMW really owns Rolls-Royce. What BMW is owns the license to produce Rolls-Royces and use their name. Yeah. And that's a big difference. And you're seeing... And you're seeing all of the Rolls-Royce BMW things coming through and shining through the future. Yeah. Why? They don't have an electric car right now. They sucked at the i8, at the i3, at everything they did electric, they absolutely fucking blew. Now, we know that the Wraith is going to be the next electric car that's coming out of Rolls-Royce. Yeah. I'm sorry. What kind of technology are they going to fucking pull from? And this is what takes me to my next point, because VW, in my eyes, along with Ferrari, Ferrari will always carry the brand along. They're doing great things. Yeah. Not for anything other than legitimately telling you guys, when we went to that FXXK event <laughs> and we got to meet the people that are sitting at those tables and you realize the network that Ferrari has and the love and the passion yeah. and why it's such a big investment for them, you're like, all right, this is never going away because the richest no. people on earth are never going away. They, they will always keep that brand alive simply for the fact but every, but every other brand that he's trying to become like Ferrari has Aston Martin realized immediately, by the way. They were like, we're Ferrari. And instantly with the Zagaro and all that shit, the veil was fucking lifted yeah. and the curtains were open and people were like, no, you're not. And yeah. they were like, okay, Nobody we're not. Wants these. But Porsche's trying. Uh, McLaren is, oh, McLaren. <laughs> McLaren is trying to become Ferrari in, in a bankruptcy situation. Yeah, man. Which we're not even going to get into. But I think this is a perfect segue for the segue for the last. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck that is. Uh, to the last uh, 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 theme here and topic here, which is Bugatti's getting acquired by Rimac. This is still yeah. a rumor. This is not a real thing. It 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 happened to leak that uh, Rimac is looking into purchasing Bugatti mm -hmm. right now, and the reason why and and the reason why everyone seems to believe that is because they had a meeting in uh you know uh i don't want to get too many details because i i know certain people in that yeah. so i i just want to keep it general but some shit leaked out of that deal because bugatti's doing uh, uh an electric car we knew that yeah. a year year and a half ago that bugatti was doing an electric car and the way that bugatti view it was a uh, don't buy this mm -hmm. so they scraped that they were like we're not going to do this. And we also know another thing. Bugatti was going to transition from the Chiron to an all-electric car. Yeah. Brilliant. Now, Remac was acquired by Porsche. Porsche is owned by VW Group. So, Remac came in. Porsche came in buying 15% of Remac with a big investment and also all these orders that they're doing from them. Think about this for a second. The big... And, and, and you tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah. VW was trying to unload... Lamborghini before the Euros came out. Do you remember that? Yeah, they really, yeah, man. They were just taking up whatever bids they could get. They were like, whoever comes up with the right number is going to take Lamborghini because yeah. VW doesn't want to bleed anymore. VW has been bleeding from Dieselgate a lot. Yeah. And they said Lamborghini was bleeding, Bugatti's bleeding. We need to get rid of the Lamborghini because that's the brand that's right in the middle. It's not going to hurt us. Like, let's fucking get rid of yeah. it. The Euros came out and he did the same thing that he did for Porsche. The sales went through the roof. It became mm -hmm. a stable company. And then who's the ugly child that has an insane development cost? Yeah, Bugatti. Bugatti. Yeah. Because the Veyron project was a $1.6 billion investment over 400 and something cars. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? 
It's nuts. And then you got to go and do the she run. And this is why VW is playing it like, well, with the she run, we had great success. We sold all these cars. Yeah, because you got smart. Yeah. You started to do the limited Winkle Boss, uh, Winkleman editions of all the cars and just charging people for the same fucking car two, three times the price of the car. Brilliant. And all of the RD, R&D, research and development yeah. of that platform was the Veyron. I don't care if everybody at Bugatti will tell you it's only 9% of the actual <laughs> chassis. Get the fuck that. out of here. You drive the car and you're like, this is the same thing with rear wheel steering. Yeah, just elevated a little bit more. Right? Yeah. It is. So what is the next move? We're going to go into electric. Are you going to let Bugatti develop an electric or are you going to let an electric car company buy the brand, license yeah. the name, and think about this, license the name, right? And now you can put, and now you can use the designers from Bugatti mm -hmm. for the car. The car already exists. It's yeah. called the C2 mm -hmm. by Remak. It's already there. Yeah, you have the platform. It's already there. So you're buying the design uh, language, you're buying the brand, and now you can really go nuts on technology and name it a Bugatti without doing the R&D. This is brilliant, dude. Mm -hmm. It's a brilliant fucking move because if Volkswagen is selling it, and keeping it because they own 15% of Remax. Therefore, yeah. they own whatever they own in the stake of that, which is just, and also, Bugatti is just going to be a license fee. Same yeah. thing. So you're keeping the name. You're keeping absolutely all the designers and all the design work and the customers. And now, instead of developing a brand new platform, you have it already made you with a C2. build which they are already obviously incredible at. So let me ask you this. Who was saying years ago that the future of car making was coach building? <laughs> Who? I remember this that idiot. That guy over the there. Fucking yeah. Mexican guy. God damn. This is where we're at yeah. right now. You're licensing something and providing the electric technology that you already bring to the table and killing it. And that, to me, is the most brilliant fucking move in the oh, world. Oh, 100%. And like... Remock and VW Group is already so, even though the percentage-wise, it's not a majority, you know they're just hand-in-hand. Hand. Oof, of course. You know, and, and just given their backgrounds. And you and, know the love that VW has for Bugatti in that special place for whatever X, Y, and Z that it we is, know. Yeah, it is a great move. I, they're going to kill it, and it's going to cut their R&D costs. And everything's going electric. Like, the R&D cost is done because the car is, is already done. there. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? And you just throw a cool body on it that has your essence of Bugatti, and you just make it a little bit faster than the rest of your lineup that is already going to be commanding the market. You and know, and you they do the exact same thing that they do with the internal combustion, and you still have the halo cars at each level. And now what you do with the Pininfarina, because they, they're doing that Pininfarina $2 million car. Yeah. You just don't give them the face recognition technology. You don't, you don't give them the autopilot, yeah. like self-drive teach, teacher uh, on the track technology. You keep that for the Bugatti. Yeah, Remock now has the leverage to pick and choose who gets what. And for that reason, God bless you, Mate. God bless for him, W. Man. I am so proud of that 33-year-old man. Yeah. Th let me repeat that. 33-year-old man. It is, it's nuts. I am so proud of that motherfucker. Sergio, thank you so much for your time no, today. It's a pleasure. Uh, I hope you guys don't hate me. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> if you please, do, I'm used to it. Please let us know what you're curious about in the car world. We're here. Just fucking uncover all the mysteries yeah, in the world and entertain you and have some fun. His name is Sergio Chavez. I'm Alejandro. And you just listen to a talk about car Cardio. See ya.